Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to recap day number two at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And so for that, we bring in our friend from CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana, who's out on the scene for us, Mr. George Bremer. George, what's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? Another uh, boring day at the Combine, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I was saying to you before that I don't remember anything this notable happening the day of the Combine. I've seen, as you said to me when I mentioned this, guys that maybe a day or two before the draft, a week before the draft, information leaks about them, but never something like this where it just comes out right before they're about to speak. That involves Jalen Carter, who a lot of people believed was the number one non-quarterback prospect in this draft. That may change. In fact, I suspect it will after what we found out today, but we'll get to that. First, though, let's talk about the quarterback news, and we will begin with Aaron Rodgers, who went on a podcast with Aubrey Marcus. Not sure who that guy is, but apparently Aaron Rodgers has done podcasts with him before. He wanted to talk about his journey. So here's what he had to say. I'll make a decision soon enough. It's best for anybody who has an interest in this to make a decision sooner rather than later. I remember before Brett Favre retired, there were times in April and May we weren't sure if he was going to come back because he didn't come to any of the offseason program. Then in 08, he actually did retire in March and then said, no, 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 in June after OTAs. I actually want to come back and play. That's when he was traded to the Jets. There was obviously a lot of tension that summer. He denied the ESPN report that he went into the darkness retreat on Monday, February 20th, and left Wednesday, February 23rd. Also had this to say, I've been doubted before. Honestly, I felt in the first year Matt, that would be Matt LaFleur, was here. At times, I was a game manager. I didn't quite understand what we were doing on offense. My job is to take care of the football, and I did. I threw four interceptions and 26 touchdowns. We were 13-3, but I felt like there was so much more. Then they drafted my replacement, and I won MVP twice. I threw 85 touchdowns and nine interceptions in two years. Obviously, there were changes that happened on the team and the coaching staff, and I didn't have my best year playing. And there's probably people who think I'm done. I thought I was done before I became MVP twice. There would be plenty of inspiration. 
down that road. He continued, I'm under contract with the Packers, so if I decide to play, first it's a conversation with them. Where are you guys at? Like, honestly, I've been there 18 years and have so much love for Green Bay and the organization. 18 years, that's the age of a teenager. Before, it felt like one scary option and one unknown. That's what the two felt like. In the darkness, the realization was one felt scary and one felt unknown. The scary was retirement. The unknown was going back and playing. What does that mean for Green Bay or somewhere else? What is it like being somewhere else? And now it feels like there are two beautiful options that feel nourishing and special. Sure, whatever, Aaron Rodgers. You tell me what any of that means. But ultimately, what we get here is that Aaron Rodgers is claiming he still hasn't made a decision. He hopes to make one soon, but hasn't given any kind of timeline. There was a report today, too, from Jeff Darlington that it appears that the Packers are willing to take Rodgers back, but they're not going to be catering to him anymore where they're just going to let him hold them hostage. At some point, they're going to tell him he has to kick or stick, so to speak, and he'll have to give them a decision. Also, we found out that the Raiders apparently are not going to be in on Aaron Rodgers. They just feel like they are too far away. They're not a win-now team. And so trading draft picks to get a quarterback for a year or two, they don't feel will move the needle for them at this point, is not something they feel is to their benefit. And I agree. The Raiders need a lot of work. The only real connection there with the Raiders is that Devontae Adams is there. And Devontae Adams was Aaron Rodgers' main target for several years. But the Raiders' defense is a mess. The offensive line is a mess. They really need a lot of pieces. And it just would be crazy for them to trade high-value draft picks to get Rodgers. So that's where we're at with Aaron Rodgers now. You heard the quotes. Still no decision. You heard the report about Green Bay. They're not going to hang on his every word. They're going to give him a deadline at some point, it appears. And as far as the Raiders, it looks like they're not in. So as I said yesterday on the show, George, it looks like if Aaron Rodgers wants to play and doesn't want to play for Green Bay, there aren't a ton of teams that are going to be in on him because the Packers apparently don't want to trade him in the NFC. Not a ton of news, but we got to hear from Rodgers himself for the first time in a bit. And nothing has changed really in terms of timetable or any kind of certainty. No, I mean, I think it's still something that's going to get done in all likelihood before free agency. I mean, that's something that the Packers have said is, is important to them. And Rodgers, even in that rambling, you know, quote said that there's a lot of people, or at least in, in one of the quotes I saw uh, today, said that there's a lot of people who, you know, are kind of indirectly, indirectly affected by this decision. And so it's in the best interest of all of them to get it done relatively soon. Uh, I think it's it's interesting to me because I don't think he's calling the shots here to the extent that he has in the past or to the extent that we've seen other high profile quarterbacks be able to lately. Part of that is he's under contract to Green Bay. And, you know, like he said, the first conversation is gonna have to happen with them. The other part of that is he's pretty expensive. So there aren't you're already cutting the league in half if the reports are true that Green Bay isn't going to consider NFC teams. And then on the AFC side, how many teams have enough cap room to absorb his contract? You know, that's going to be another factor in all this. I think it's not as much in his control as, say, the Russell Wilson decision was last year or some of these other high-profile moves have been in recent seasons. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Other quarterback news. We heard some more information about Derek Carr. He met with the Jets again today, second meeting. This time, Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, was there. Also, on the Derek Carr front, 
The Panthers spoke a little bit about him. We heard from Frank Reich, their new head coach. He said that the meeting with Carr went well, noted that there's still a good five-year window with Carr, said Carr is an option who checks a lot of the boxes, but every option is on the table, including the draft. Reich says they've met with five quarterback prospects so far in Indianapolis. Scott Fitterer, the general manager, also said the meeting was positive with Carr, and they are looking to meet with him again by Monday, if not sooner. Also a report that the Panthers are looking to bring back Sam Darnold, and if they bring back Sam Darnold, you would assume that would mean they're not going to sign Carr and that they're bringing back Darnold to potentially hold down the fort for a quarterback they draft. So a lot of moving pieces there. And as far as the Ravens go, we heard from Eric DaCosta, the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens today on Lamar Jackson. He said he continues to be optimistic about a Lamar Jackson contract extension. Quote, we met recently. It's an ongoing discussion. We both understand the urgency of the situation. It's been a good dialogue, a good discussion. Was asked what type of franchise tag the Ravens would use on Lamar Jackson. DaCosta said, we're hopeful we'll get a deal done before that happens. Now, I'm sure there is an emergency situation, and DaCosta alluded to this while he was talking as well, where they would consider trading him. There is always a scenario where you have to consider that, but it appears that the Ravens are dead set on signing Lamar Jackson before they'd have to tag him, and worst case scenario, they would tag him. And then obviously, if things break down to the point where there's no return, then maybe they would trade him, but that would be after tagging him. There's no way they're going to let him just walk free. So Derek Carr meeting today with the Jets, including Woody Johnson, possibly a follow-up with the Panthers. We'll see what the Panthers do on the Sam Darnold front as well. As Frank Reich said, all options on the table, which could include drafting a quarterback in the top 10. And then with Lamar Jackson, yes, it's possible he could get traded, but it seems a lot more possible that he won't get traded. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you've got to cover all your bases if you're Baltimore right now. Uh, and so the possibility is out there that they won't be able to reach some of them. They sounded very, very optimistic today. And John Harbaugh also spoke and said, you know, he's their guy. That, you know, any insinuation out there that they're having doubts or whatever, he's their guy. And I think that's a big thing that Lamar probably needed to hear. So I think that situation is probably going to end with him still in Baltimore. But we've seen over the last few years you don't take anything for granted until the ink's dry, right? I mean, it's these things happen all the time. We'll see how that plays out. But certainly right now, the wind blowing in Baltimore towards a return for Lamar Jackson. Uh, Carolina's an interesting situation here, and I think the Derek Carr situation is interesting because I think it also is going to put an artificial deadline of sorts on Aaron Rodgers' decision. Like we were talking about before, there's not a, a large pool of contenders for him for a variety of reasons. And this Derek Carr situation, you know, I think that's going to happen fairly quickly. And I think Rodgers is probably in his best interest to get ahead of that, you know, because uh, potentially the Jets could could come off the board, you know, or maybe another team. Uh, there's still some talk that, that somebody else may jump into this at some point with Derek Carr this week. Uh, but I do think Carolina seems to have plan A and plan B. You know, they're talking to Derek Carr. They, that went well. They feel like – sounds like they feel like he's somebody that they could – it wouldn't be a quarterback carousel situation for them. They could get him there and keep him for like five years and, and build around him. Uh, but they also have that number nine overall pick, and I think that's where the Darnold situation comes into play. I think that that's an either-or. Either you sign Derek Carr and you move forward with him and you use that number nine pick to just you know help build the team around him, or you don't sign Derek Carr 
you bring back Sam Darnold and you move forward in the draft. So uh, I think that affects, you know, that whole situation affects Aaron Rodgers too. There's a lot of urgency, I think, out there. It feels like the quarterback market's moving a little bit quicker this year than maybe it has in years past. George, Jalen Carter is arguably the top non-quarterback prospect in this draft, the outstanding defensive lineman from the University of Georgia. A lot of people believed that he had the possibility of being picked within the top four. I think that may have changed today. Why don't you tell us why and go into as much detail as you can? Because I don't know that we've ever seen anything like this. It broke just before Jalen Carter was supposed to speak at the Combine today. What a wild situation in Indianapolis. Yeah, it was really a surreal day. Uh, you know, we had talked to Will Anderson earlier in the day, linebacker from Alabama, uh, probably the other guy who's who's most been in the talk, uh, being that first defensive player taken, maybe Tyree Wilson from, from Texas Tech. I heard the Bears are really interested in him. Uh, that definitely helps his case to be the first defensive player taken, depending on what they end up doing and where they end up picking. But that's, you know, the, the idea coming into the day was, hey, it's Will Anderson and, and Jalen Carter, and we'll kind of see how they, that all plays out between them. And then those two went, Wilson and, and Anderson went early in the day, and there was a little bit of a break. I went upstairs to get some work done. I came back down with every intention of, of talking to Jalen Carter, and just as I got back into the interview room, Twitter was lighting up with the reports that uh, police in Athens have a warrant out for his arrest, uh, that he's going to be charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with the fatal car accident in January, hours after they celebrated that second national title. Uh, and it really throws everything you know, into question now. We, we have no idea where this is headed. Uh, obviously, he didn't speak today at the combine. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, after that situation. And, and now, you know, it remains to be seen how this legal process plays out. What happens down in Georgia? Uh, and teams are going to monitor that, I'm sure, very, very closely. I can't ever remember news like that breaking during the combine. It's happened, like you said, on draft day, on the lead up to draft day. I remember the Laramie Tunsil video that came out uh, in the afternoon before the draft. Uh, Lyle Collins, you know, his situation happened right in the days leading up to the draft. This is the first time I can remember happening right there at the Combine. Uh, and it's, you know, first and foremost, I thought D'Amico Ryan's had a really good, you know, obviously after it happened, a lot of people were getting asked about the situation. The new Texans head coach said, look, the most important thing is there's two families grieving right now uh, because there are two people who died in this incident. Uh, you know, worry about that first and foremost, and, and everything else will play out as it should. George, you mentioned Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson. So as Jalen Carter's fate hangs in the balance here, those two guys are the other ones that have been talked about as potential top five picks outside of quarterback prospects. We got to hear from those two today. What did they have to say? Yeah, uh, Will Anderson in particular just said, you know, I think he's an interesting prospect in the, in the sense that he's surrounded by women. His His agent is a woman. He had five sisters growing up. They all played sports. They all beat on him and and taught him uh, lessons. He said both good and bad that he still uses this day. And then somebody asked me because he won just about every defensive award you could win this year. Uh, and somebody said, "How do you stay humble during all this?" And he said, "One lady, my mom, Terry and Anderson." So you know, I think that's a it's a very important part of of his life. Uh, he's a he's a guy whose personality comes across immediately. Very outgoing guy. 
uh, very, very much taking over the room, you know, that kind of personality. I think he'll do well in his interviews with teams. He said he's talked to seven teams already. Uh, so we just see how that plays out. Chicago was one of them. Uh, and we'll see, you know, again, we don't know where the Bears are going to pick. You figure Arizona's in the mix for him uh, at number three overall if, if they stay. But so much intrigue this year because we have no idea. We know what the draft order is right now. We have no idea what it's going to be, you know, April 28th or whenever it is when, when the first round actually begins. Tyree Wilson, the big news around him today is that he's already met twice with Chicago, indicating really a, a high level of interest there. Uh, and if the Bears trade down, maybe he's their target. George, one of the most interesting prospects in this draft to me is Lucas Van Ness, who is known as Hercules Van Ness at Iowa. And the reason he was known as that is because he's six foot five, 275 pounds, pure muscle, but his strength and speed to power is just incredible. He wasn't even a full-time starter, redshirt sophomore, very raw. You watch his tape and the technique is lacking. But man, his speed to power, like I said, just otherworldly. There are a couple of reps on his tape, one against Paris Johnson from Ohio State, who's a consensus top 10 draft pick right now, and he just bowled him over. There's one of Peter Skronsky, who might be the best offensive tackle in the country from Northwestern, and Lucas Van Ness just ran him over like a freight train. You can see the potential there. He spoke today. He's got to be really excited, and you want to talk about a guy that came pretty much out of nowhere. As I said, not even a full-time starter, a redshirt sophomore, and here he is being talked about as a possible top 10 pick in the draft in April. Yeah, he's sort of the uh, Anthony Richardson of the defense, you know, just pure, raw talent uh, oozing out of him, everybody raving about his ceiling. He grew up in Chicago, not far from Wisconsin, obviously. Uh, said he was a fan of J.J. Watt growing up. I think there's some of that in his game, uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see if, if that's a comparison that gets made as, as he moves forward here. Uh, he started out as a defensive tackle at Iowa. They moved him to the outside. Once they did that, he really took off. I think it's going to be really interesting to, to, to watch him develop. As big as he is, it's hard to even imagine this, but apparently he played high school hockey, uh, which is just, uh, talk about a frightening sight, a guy that big on skates. And he said, you know, that agility, uh, the toughness that's required in that sport really carried over. Uh, he also said his final year, he thinks he led the league in penalties, but uh, that, that stands the reason as well. Two linebackers we heard from today, two guys that I think could be very interesting prospects for the Jets. One of them was DeMarvion Overshone. Great name, by the way, and I'm biased because he went to the University of Texas and I'm a big Texas fan. He spoke, as did Indiana's Cam Jones. The Jets are very thin at linebacker. Either one of these guys would be good additions to the Jets if they could grab one of them in the draft. What did both of those guys have to say today? Yeah, Overshone... Uh... You know, he was talking about Shaquille Leonard. That that's that the guy that he really watched. The guy he patterned his game after, uh, undersized linebacker who obviously has made it in the league. Uh, I think he's somebody that that he looks up to and somebody he he really thinks he can emulate in the NFL. If you can come in and, and be Shaq Leonard, then uh, I think you probably have a pretty good career. Uh, Cam Cam's an interesting guy. Cam Jones in that he played a lot of different positions in Indiana, and he sort of fits that that hybrid safety mold that has become really popular in the NFL. Uh, and he said that's something he's very open to. You know, if teams want him to either switch positions or they want to use him in that hybrid spot, uh, he really feels like that's that's an advantage for him as he gets into this process. George, we heard from Shane Steichen, 
and Chris Ballard from the Colts and D'Amico Ryan's the head coach of the Houston Texans. All of them talked about the possibility of taking a quarterback in this draft. Ballard was a little more guarded than Ryan's. Ryan's basically said, yeah, we're taking a quarterback. Didn't say for sure it would be in the first round, but did indicate that they plan to draft a quarterback at some point. And Chris Ballard is trying, I think, to throw people off from the idea that the Colts are locked in on a quarterback. He said that if they trade up for a quarterback or if they sit at number four and take one, it would have to be a guy they really like. Shane Steichen talked a little bit as well. But I think we can agree the Texans are going to draft a quarterback probably with their first pick. And it would appear that the Colts, if they don't do it at number four, they would jump up to do it. I know that Ballard has to try and play poker here and not give away the game, but I'd be pretty surprised if the Colts don't pick a quarterback either at number four or a little bit higher if they trade up. Yeah, I think he was mostly talking about the trade up right now. He's he's not going to come out and straight out say that they're looking quarterback because it's not his style, but he's come about as close as, as he's likely to, to saying that. Um, but again, the main point for him today was they're not going to go up unless there's a surefire, no doubt guy in their mind. Uh, and that might happen. I mean, it's important to know that they haven't sat down yet with the full scouting staff and the coaches all together. That's a really important uh, situation that needs to take place before they make these kind of decisions. That has not happened yet. It's still in the future. And I think he left open the door that, you know, trading up is still going to be a possibility. He just noted that if it happens, it means that they're absolutely convinced 100% the guy they're going after. And it was interesting with Ryan's, you know, he was talking about they want to sign one and draft one. And Davis Mills is the only quarterback on the roster right now uh, where the Colts still have Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. Uh, Ballard was kind of, you know, noncommittal about a lot of that. The, the idea right now, the thought process is both those guys will end up getting released, but that's also not a certainty yet. They haven't gone through all those talks. Ryan said they're going to sign one and draft one. You know, and I think that's a pretty common thing to do in this league, but something I hadn't really considered until he was talking to you. He was there in San Francisco when they first brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, and he talked about what a difference Jimmy G made for that team. Could they be a team that signs Jimmy Garoppolo and, and maybe targets Anthony Richardson? you know, lets him grow a little bit behind Jimmy G. I, it's just pure speculation. Something that hadn't even been in my mind, but after hearing D'Amico Ryan's talk today, I think it's something you can't rule out. George, some other quick notes. Raiders, according to The Athletic, expected to keep Darren Waller and Chandler Jones. Teams have been calling about Darren Waller, but it doesn't look like the Raiders are going to move on from him. According to Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports, the 49ers are not expected to bring back Mike McGlinchey, their right tackle. He will hit free agency. I'm sure he will have plenty of suitors because, as we know, very thin offensive tackle market this free agency, especially with Orlando Brown expected to either re-sign with the Chiefs or get franchise tagged. Mike Gusecki, it looks like after getting franchise tagged last year, probably not going to be back if you read between the lines. Here's what Chris Greer, the general manager of the Dolphins, had to say. I'm sure he'll have some suitors, and we always say never say never on anything, but he's earned the right, and I'm sure he's excited to see what his free agency options are. That sure sounds like a guy who's resigned himself to the fact that his tight end is not going to be sticking around. George, your thoughts on all those news and notes surrounding all the other stuff that we talked about that happened today. A very busy day overall in Indianapolis. Crazy busy. Uh, I think McGlinchey's got really good timing. I mean, like you mentioned, it's a really thin offensive tackle market. It's a, it's a decent draft. 
Uh, but it's not a, a particularly deep draft, I think, with tackles. So I think he's got a really good shot to make some some good money. Uh, like you said, we'll probably have a lot of suitors. I think it's really good timing for him. Gasicki will be interesting. I know Daniel Jeremiah said during his pre-combine conference call that he felt like this might be the best tight end class in 10 years. So, you know, Gasicki's a guy with, with, I think, still a high ceiling. Been in the league a little while now, but I think people really feel like put him in the right system, put him with the right quarterback. You know, he could really put up some big numbers. But it'll be interesting to see if teams would rather pay him or go into this draft class and, and get, you know, somebody at a much cheaper deal. Uh, the Raiders, I think, those decisions, it'll be interesting to see how they play out. You know, I think it's it's interesting you want to keep Waller and Jones. You're not going to be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Um, Waller makes more sense because he's a younger guy. He can still be a part of that, that building process. If I was them, I might put Chandler Jones on the market. I mean, he's not in the prime of his career anymore. Uh, it might be time to to you know try to get some more assets with him, but we'll you know obviously that's not the decision that that they're going to lean towards. George Bremer, who covers the Colts for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana, and of course is our guy on the scene at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis this week. Thanks so much for recapping a very busy day number two at the Combine with me. Really appreciate it. We'll be back to recap day number three tomorrow. In the meantime, for everybody that wants to follow you on social media and check out all your work, how can they do that? What do you got going on? Yeah, follow me at GM Bremer on Twitter. Uh, you can look up the Blue Horseshoe Pod on YouTube, uh, where we talk Colts all the time with Ryan Hickey, my co-host. Uh, and, of course, all my stories are at the Herald Bulletin. Make sure you check out everything George is doing on his podcast and his writing at the Herald Bulletin. Follow him on Twitter. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got awesome All-22 breakdowns, including one of both Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. So watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's teepublic.com, and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out, so if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Test podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.